it came to me one day when I sat there with spirit, source, God, whatever you want to call it, and said, what is my purpose? And this voice came through and said, you're here to awaken divine presence in humanity. And welcome back to Voicecraft and to a conversation with Heath Myers. Heath shows up as a channeler and starseed activator. In other language, he's a kind of spiritual coach. If the words channeler and starseed activator are unfamiliar, then perhaps this conversation will provide a bit of an inroad. At the end, I do ask Heath if he would perform or channel some of what he refers to as light language at the end of the chat. So that will give you a bit more of a tangible sense of what the word means. But this is mostly a dialogue about the relationship between spirituality and religion. It comes from a perspective that seeks to treat with dignity and humility the subjectivity of spiritual experience. But I also argue here that when we consider the spiritual, we must also reckon with the religious. Now, what's the difference between the two? Why is it important to recognize these aspects of life? Well, listen on. All of that's on the menu for discussion here, eh? and I hope you enjoy it. It's an interesting one. I certainly enjoyed it very much. Thank you to Heath for joining me. For the show notes, links through to Heath, more information about online participation in the Voicecraft Network or the project in general, to learn about the monthly events we run here in Melbourne, where we meet to create context for real conversation about life and culture. All of that and more, you can head over to voicecraft.io to find out about. And thank you to patrons for your support. Patrons at patreon.com slash voicecraft receive extra content and other bits in exchange for monthly support of the Voicecraft project. Okay, here we go. Heath. Tim, how are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for being here and stepping into this. It's like a little portal of possibility yeah, you're we're welcome. opening up. Be here, thank you. Yeah, and it's a unique place. I know you've been to Esoteric several times before, right? Yeah, I think this is number three. Number three. Three or four, I can't remember. Three. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. But otherwise, do you attend many festivals like this? Is this somewhere you find to be? Oh, appalling? yeah, I've been doing festivals like, oh, I started first started going to raves back in like 1990 or something like that. So, yeah. um, and then when I moved to Melbourne, Melbourne was all about festivals and it was just, I've been going to festivals and doofs and bush parties and lifestyle festivals for yeah since the mid 90s really yeah so yeah yeah it's it's been a, a formative part of my uh my adult growth yeah <laughs> yeah well i've i've been fascinated for some time and i've felt that fascination in a in an anthropological sense developing me a little bit over mm. the last few days because i've been noticing patterns of how people cultivate their sense of who they are and their service in the world yep. that reliably take shape in relation to these festivals mm. and I'm curious about what are the organizing patterns what are the organizing principles what are the organizing types of belief that afford a sort of a belonging mm. and a bonding together which seem to support people through what is you know, I think most presciently here, a spiritual yeah. journey. And uh, I met you through attending one of your workshops yeah. here last year. Last we've, year. we've just yeah. attended one today, which was a bit shorter than I think last year's one. I think last year's oh, was no, a couple was around hours. About, around about 40, 50 minutes, yeah. Okay. Well, might um, have gone a bit quicker. 
Yeah, and it was one of my first sort of, well, I've, I've had a few experiences relating with the transformative meditation, transformative field that you are creating with mm -hmm. your voice and with your presence. And it's something that I'm very, very curious about how you've, how you've come to cultivate this side of yourself or mm. this, this, this wholeness of yourself, perhaps. And, you know, one of the names you used to refer to it is starseed activations. Yes. So what does, what does that mean? Yeah. So, well, firstly, I guess giving a bit of a context to the work that I do. So for me, the work that I do has and always will be around raising consciousness on the planet, right? And by that, I mean literally assisting people to transcend the limitations in their own mind, the limitations in their own emotional field to move into grounded higher states of love and of unconditionality, of peace and joy and gratitude, right? And ultimately abundance and freedom. That's like the, you know, my, my purpose is to awaken divine presence in humanity. And I awoke to that uh, a long time ago, over a decade ago. It came to me one day when I sat there with spirit source god whatever you want to call it and said what is my purpose and this voice came through and said you're here to awaken divine presence in humanity and i was like okay cool and i received it and then i sort of oh, i sat with it and just couldn't accept it <laughs> so the next day in meditation i asked again <laughs> and the same same words came through and it was coming from the same place every time it was like this really deep like place where i hadn't heard consciously heard words and an essence come before you know in my meditation uh and that went on for like about a month you know and then eventually this voice said to me it's not that you don't know your purpose it's that you don't accept it you're not stepping into it and it was in that moment that i realized that 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 i was doing that everywhere i went i was just literally awakening people to their divine presence whether it was talking to someone on a tram whether it was buying milk at the corner shop whether it was djing because i had a, a really colorful career as an underground dj for over a decade um, whether it was it didn't matter what i was doing you know or just being on a dance floor or walking down the street or whatever it was like that's what i was doing and with that realization of that I could then start to bring more conscious awareness to doing that with people, not so much for, but with people, uh, joyfully and casually in, in who I was. But at the same time, it empowered my work as a thought leader and a coach and, um, and as, a, yeah, as a spiritual facilitator, really, and as a teacher. So the Starseed Activations is sort of something that came a good sort of 10 years after that, uh, after I'd been through... Uh, a massive journey of personal awakening um, and coming to a point within myself where it was like realizing that I was already awake and that the work wasn't so much about awakening anymore. The work that I was doing with myself and the work I was doing with the world was about alignment, right? It's like aligning the way you think, feel and act, aligning your expression in the world with who and what you are in truth and what you're here to do, you know? So Starseed Activations was, was born after I'd been through this 
period of trying to take my coaching, take my teaching, take my, my, my thought leadership, take my message and package it into something that I thought the world could accept. You know, how can I assist the world to accept this, this purpose that I have, you know? And, uh, and I came to a point where I really wasn't that happy <laughs> with, with what I had created. Not that it was doing great work in the world, there's no doubt about it. But it wasn't, it wasn't aligned, you know, because alignment was becoming the most important thing. And, uh, and so I, I sort of let a lot of what I was teaching and a lot of programs I was running and, and courses and client groups that I had, I let it dissolve and come back to something very simple and did a lot of inner work of just really connecting in with myself, connecting in with my soul, forming a fantastic relationship with me. And, uh, and that's when it, it came to me that... Um, of what I had actually been through this this incredible awakening process that I'd been through of awakening to to knowledge and practices and languages and healing techniques and all this stuff that I had never learned in this lifetime like they, I'd studied a lot but what I was implementing was almost like a muscle memory of something else you know and uh, I had heard the starseed story uh, very early on in my in my spiritual evolution and kind of cataloged it, oh, maybe I'm a starseed and sort of left it there. Um, and it was through this process of going inward that I realized that that I was a starseed. What, what had happened was that I had been activated to a certain level at a point in time on this planet that was around 2011, 2012, really stepping into it um, because there was a higher purpose and it even extended beyond the words that I'd been given that day of like, you know, you're here to awaken divine presence. It was more than that. And I didn't even need to label that. I just needed to know that that, that was that I was that that my presence here was doing something. And my message really became that everybody's presence here is doing that. We're all doing it. And so my target became really focusing on my mission was became about activating assisting the starseeds to activate to their true potential um other starseeds other people who other souls who are here with contract mission whatever you want to call it to assist in this this planetary transition that's taking place of this raising of consciousness which does have a tipping point and that tipping point is what we're calling the new earth and so that's where the starseed activations was born because um i'd simplified everything and my guide said to me you know, just run this thing, activating star seeds. And I was like, well, what do I call it? And they said, well, let's just give it the working title, star seed activations. Call it what it is, you know. And the working title became the title for the workshops. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I organized a whole bunch of people at the convent in Melbourne. I thought maybe 30 or 40 people had come. It was a packed out. It was 150 people there. Um, and I ran the first star seed activations. And... Uh, all I knew is that a particular some codes were going to come through, some some teachings, some some healing work was going to come through, but I didn't know what. All along, my guides were saying, "Look, just create the container, step into it. It will be like a vacuum. You'll all of a sudden know what to do." Um, and I did, and the Starseed Activations was born. And the first code that came through was Courage Codes, because it took a lot of courage for me to step through that barrier of needing to package what I do in a way that would be that would fit in, that would be okay with my family, that would be okay with my friends, that would be okay with the world, that maybe it was safe to, 
to not be all of who I am in how I package my work to the world and realizing that, that it was safe to do that, you know, and, uh, and that that took a lot of courage for me to do that, to say, hey, I'm a channel and I am part of my mission. It's not all of my mission. Part of my mission is here to communicate on behalf of uh, high dimensional extraterrestrial uh, benevolent beings that are here to assist us in, the, in this process of transition that we're taking place. And that's how it was born. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that story. I felt like the context was really important. You know? Yeah, totally, absolutely. And you sort of brought it to the place which I'd really love to inquire, inquire more into. Mm. And that's what it is yeah. to channel, as you put it, a higher dimensional benevolent being. Mm. Uh, it's something which from a um, even factoring a fairly broad Overton window of yeah. modern scientific perspective mm. the thought of their being yeah. for instance other beings <laughs> not from earth that yeah. we are in contact with yeah. is itself um, uh, debatable <laughs> it's slightly yeah. debatable yeah. and in and this is an instance where um, not only is there contact but there's the possibility for a sort of relational touch and continuity um, at, that you experience as a kind of sort of loving affordance yeah. in service of a kind of guidance yeah. for the evolution of the beings on this planet mm. in the context of a broader ecosystem. Yeah. And so this is, this is a, this is, you know, by the by the stretches of the modern imagination, it is a, it is a radical notion to be in relation with and so mm. i understand courage in terms of stepping forth and totally. yeah. and speaking into that but yeah. but it's very rare to have the opportunity to speak with someone who is sitting as you are and standing forward as you are to say hey uh, this is me this is what i'm doing and so and so in that in that broad sense i i i I, I want to ask, like, what are you doing? Like, what is the experience? And yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So, um, I guess there's a, few, there's a few questions in there. So, so just to define star seeds a little further, star seeds themselves are, are souls that traditionally are souls that were birthed as a soul on a higher dimensional plane and have lived like a lot, like you know, potentially hundreds of thousands or millions of lifetimes in higher dimensional realms, right? Not just on the Earth plane or on three-dimensional planes on other planets, right? So at, at source, at heart, these are extraterrestrial souls birthed in ex, on extraterrestrial planes, for want of a better word, right? That are incarnate now. Each and every one of us brings, like as we come through as a soul, there's a certain amount of our memory which is surrendered. It's not that it's taken away. That's not how I see it. It's just my way I see it is that it's surrendered. It's a choice. It's like I will, I will forget. I will forget so I can have the experience of remembering. Right? So the starseeds are remembering who they are and they're remembering why they're here. And it's the journey of having forgotten in the first place that's creating the juice 
for being able to fulfill that purpose, spiritual purpose in this lifetime. So what I'm, what I'm doing when I channel is I'm surrendering, all right? And I'm not, I don't, I'm just like, there's, there's various kinds of channels. There's trans channels. Trans channels are when they, the person will completely step aside and allow themselves to be completely embodied by an extraterrestrial being or a particular council of higher dimensional beings, right? For me, it's, I wouldn't necessarily think that I'm a trans channel. I, and my guides tell me this, that I'm, that I'm not, it's not trans channeling. I go into a state to be able to receive and, and channel, but I am continually totally 100% here present the whole time. So it's not like I, 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 you know, drop out and then come back in or I leave my body and something else comes in. I'm here the whole time. So for me, it's literally just surrendering to myself, surrendering to me, surrendering to my own higher power, surrendering to my own ascended being. And then with that comes the capacity of an openness to specific frequencies of intelligence that are necessary for whatever the, the audience is that's in front of me or whatever the message is that are, that's necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I can relate to that in an embodied sense, you know, through my own experience of being with what is and in and then surrender it very much makes sense to me as a word another word which makes sense in my sort of languaging of what it is to orient mm. in consciousness or to mm. orient awareness is surrender on the one side and confrontation on another yeah in the sense of stepping forward in a kind of dignity to a space and there might be a way in which we can surrender for example yeah. which is the kind of surrender that might not be in proximal and I can already imagine maybe a response you might have to this it seems to me there's a um, a way that we can surrender to energies in life which uh, can be damaging to us oh, 100% yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then there's where a way where do you surrender what do you surrender and what do you surrender to right yeah S totally and so there's there's a there's a mode of that surrender there's a, there's, a, there's a mode of surrender which is in some sense allowing in uh, a creative energy mm. and, and allowing a immersion with something which is now a kind of greater than an increase and here we are and that would seems to me to sort of give forth to a stepping in then in a mode of another mode of courage which would yeah. be the stepping forward in a kind of confrontation which would be yeah. a sharing and an offering yeah I mean, for me, I think what makes it easier for me is that it's not a greater than. It's never been a greater than. I don't, I don't see, like I, I've, I've always maintained, and perhaps this is what opens me up to be a, a, a grounded and clear channel is that there's a sense of sovereignty in there. Like I'm, I don't see, um, you know. So, you know, I'd, I'd be in channel having a discussion with a Pleiadian light council. I don't see them as higher beings than me or or more or less loving, wise or powerful. Uh, they're just another multidimensional ex extension of, of the totality of what I, who I am. Totally. You know? Totally. And so uh, 
perhaps that's why I've never been a trans channel either is that I don't feel like I need to surrender that sense of self to be the channel you know yes yeah I, I hear that my I um the sense of greater than I was I was meaning to use is is just one that allows in something yeah, other at absolutely least. Yeah. yeah but it's a good it's a great point that you raised because it, it's like accessing it for betterment you know accessing it for a greater outcome yeah but it's easy but it's easy in that in that instance for channels or people who are doing light work and working with uh, ascended beings and uh, extraterrestrial beings, advanced beings, angelics, whatever, is this, this, uh, this, like you can have reverence and respect without surrendering your power, you know, and, 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 uh, yeah, and I feel like for, for, for me, I also want to say we're channeling that we're all channels, whatever your creative pursuit is, like you're, you're, you're channeling in that moment that alignment thing I was talking about you you align with this sense of self that's integrous and true and in that what stems forth is inspired creativity and this is where we discover talents that we didn't know we had and 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 in those instances I believe we call back the emergence and the experience of our soul memory Right. So for me, evidently, there's a soul memory that's important for me to be channeling in this world, which is around healing and thought leadership and um, and service, you know. And for others, it could be, you know, and music as well was a massive one and still is and will come back one time at some point for me. For some people, it might be visionary art. For some people, it might be podcasts. And, like, that's your creative pursuit and that's where an element of your soul is permitted to reveal more of its itself and so in that essence all of us are channels we're all we're all channels for our you know higher dimensional self you know yeah right hmm because life is a trance right you're always in a trance i'm in a trance of talking you're in a trance of listening <laughs> people watching this are in a trance of watching it's like so what's the trance that we're engaging in is this a trance of of purpose is this a trance of transcendence is this a trance of ascension of our own being and the being of others and when it is bam then that channel opens and that's the message that comes through yeah i hear you so when i think of transcendence i think of a relation with dynamism mm. that is beyond the stasis of the pre-existing trance correct the end of the trance yeah. for that moment yes right and that relating then with potential mm. yeah, and allowing to come through mm. something other in that sense participating in creation becomes a mode of influence mm. into the broader field of actuality which con contributes to, of course to another trance totally yeah that's right so when, when, when you're in a state of transcendence others will start to go into it as well right well so 
One of the things that I've been sort of reflecting on and, and con contemplating for a, for a long time, so I'm, I'm a philosopher and I've, mm. I think a lot about well, spirituality and religion yeah. and, and many things in the context of our current cultural moment, mm. um, what it is for us to gather, what it is for us to communicate across different um, you know, sets of language, mm. potentially different belief structures, different identity complexes. Mm. And of course, how wounds and the various ways we are uh, caught up in a particular trance of fixation yes. becomes profoundly relevant. And um, so I'm curious to, to ask a bit in, in, in the following direction, which mm. is when we engage in a kind of, let's say, a transmission of creativity that's yeah. profoundly open, as we've yeah. sort of been discussing, that influence has a has a catalytic um, contribution to mm. the field. Yeah, it opens people up to patterns they may not have been relating with as mm. consciously before, but are in some sense profoundly relevant for them to be in relation with. But in the process of doing that, in the process of opening um, the field to patterns that I'm perhaps that next proximal step for mm. becoming, we create a, as we've just discussed, the conditions to lay in some sense a new trance, a set of new patterns, yeah. a kind of formation structure. And I think about religion in that context. <laughs> yeah. I think about religion in terms of the etymology of it, yeah. in terms of the to, to rebind, to reconnect, yeah. and a certain observance yeah. to what those um, patterns are. And, and I'm curious because I, I appreciate so much of the transformative, uh, I'm not even going to say potential, like the, the mm. reality, right? Yeah. It's not for me to comment on. Clearly, transformation is occurring at many levels far mm. beyond what I can be in imminent relation with. And I recognize there's a deep layer of patterning which would involve dynamics of economics and yeah. culture and various things and different religious belief structures and desires for you sort of... Um, you know, awakening insight to crystallize into understanding that can be in relationship with culture more broadly, can, can, can come into a kind of coherence that can become something um, that can afford us together, mm. in some sense, to continue our evolution together, to continue our kind of loving transformation. Mm. And I just wonder, in your experience, how you relate to the notion of religion, because there's a lot yeah. of the language of awesome spirit, yeah, and yeah. I, there's not as much of the language of religion. Yeah. And from my perspective, we can't just speak about spirit Shit. without recognizing what it's influencing. Well, yeah. yeah, totally. Well, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, I think one of the uh, misconceptions, uh, general misconceptions around religion is that religion and spirituality are the same thing and it's possible to be spiritual without being religious and it's also possible to be religious and be non-spiritual about it and think that you are <laughs> because you're following a set of rules and guidelines right so it's kind of like i see spirituality as things and religion are two things that can be linked but are not necessarily the same and i think a lot of people misunderstand that um Second thing is I think that religion, a really good definition for religion that I was introduced to through one of my mentors many, many years ago is just to see it as a set of guidelines, uh, some maps 
some models, some structures of connecting with your divine truth, connecting with source, infinite field, God, whatever word you want to give it. A set of a set of guidelines for to help people access and have that experience and embody that experience and to use it practically in their life. If you view view religion from that perspective, uh, which I think resonates for me, it's like it's you know a lot of people is sort of like there's a bit of a bad and good conversation that goes on around religion. Oh, I'm anti-religion. I'm you know I'm religious kind of thing that goes on and it's sort of if you look at it from that perspective that sort of transcends that it's like it's it's do those set of guidelines resonate with you or not does the map resonate with you does the model resonate with you does it does it speak to your truth and if it does it's probably a good one <laughs> and if it doesn't then it's probably not a good one for you you know so uh i believe that every single one of us has and is our own religion right so if you look at religion from that perspective if let's just hypothetically say that's what religion is right some people might have a different opinion but let's just play with that as a hypothesis that's religion the maps the models to connect you with source god whatever then i believe that every single human being on this planet it doesn't matter what you're what happened in previous lifetimes, parallel lifetimes, whatever, that we're all here to experience a level of enlightenment of some description, right? That's why we come here into the physical as souls is to evolve spiritually. So what that means is that there's a, there's a, a unique evolution and a unique enlightenment pathway, uh, a unique ascension pathway, if you like, for every single human being, every soul that's born into physicality, each time, however many have been born in this time we've been speaking, for each of those, there is a whole new, unique enlightenment pathway and thereby a whole, new, a whole unique and new religion, all right? And so spirituality to a certain extent is, I feel, is about forming your own religion and hypothesizing and playing with certain things and seeing what works seeing what doesn't seeing what's aligned retaining what what works discarding what doesn't doesn't and where you feel the need to adapt the inner rules to get it more aligned so that you have your own map because ultimately each and every one of us are the map <laughs> the territory <laughs> the map the person reading the map we're all of it, but the map is never the territory, right? The map is never the the map can never, ever, ever explain the territory to the full extent. You know, you can go hiking with a map and it'll get you to a really beautiful spot, but when you get there, if you don't fold the map up and have a look around and discover it for yourself, then you're going to miss out on all the beauty of what that map actually, what the essence of that map is, is to help you get there so you can get to a point where you can explore it for yourself. Totally. But ultimately, we're the maps, we're the map keeper, we're the map maker, we're the, we're the territory, we're the everything, and we're just playing in that. And that's what I see the role of religion is. The challenge, I think, for a lot of people is that organized religion, to a certain extent, 
has a pattern of telling people what is and isn't possible for them in their own unique pathway. Because even though someone adheres to a religion, they're going, they're, they might adhere to that religion, but they still have their own pathway. And I think that's where a lot of people form a negative um, association with religion and spirituality is that they see it's like a one size fits all. And to a certain extent, many religions really do actually tout that. And a lot of philosophies and followings and, you know, um, do as well. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that that's not the case. We're all unique. And ultimately, when we find our way to whatever the, the there is, you know, meeting ourselves, we'll, it'll be our own pathway. Right. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. It's, it's right in the nexus of a paradox I've been exploring in some writing recently, which should be published in a few months' time. The notion of a unique pathway and in some sense uh, spiritual process as enabling a, a, uh, a, a, more, a more whole realization of that pathway, a more, um, a more, a more colorful, richer, you know, uh, awakened, aware mm. uh, sense of connectedness to one's, to one's journey. That's something I, 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 I see a lot of, um, like I, I resonate with that, with that expression. I, I, I see that the term religion in terms of, um, in terms of something that um, perhaps we could apply to, perhaps we could apply to the self at a different level of analysis in terms of like our internal ecology mm. of organization and as a self-making system because of course we're comprised of so many entities within us in some collaborative harmony yeah. right and even then there's a competitive dynamic within it and so in that sense at another level we can say perhaps that an individual is a religion unto themselves but at the level of culture um, I, I prefer to see and use the term religion to describe the process of uh, formation among people on unique journeys mm. in a context which enables mm. a sufficient amount of communication for totally. there to be yeah. the uh, metabolization and, and gestation and becoming mm. of all those journeys together. Mm. And I think it's, it's somewhere in there. And, a, and, a, and it, one of the paradoxes with that is, of course, the more we develop a particular way of mm. communicating mm. Uh, so as to know each other given this sort of differences mm. in yeah. our unique pathways then we can as you sort of mentioned with institutional uh, religion which is it's like there that seems to be like like a vector of it because as soon as we develop a communicational way that can be participated in as, an, as like a third person affordance mm. and become something to yeah. help enculturate people on their journeys. We are speaking in some sense of a kind of institution. And so in that sense, it, it honors, it's like a deep honoring of spirit. And at the mm. same time can disgrace it by tightening too much and not allowing yeah. a unique relationship By becoming with it. dogmatic. Exactly. Yeah. And so being with the paradox of that, that was some of like, the, when I spoke yesterday, the, the paradox of that was definitely part of what was palpable. Is palpable for me is like a, there's a, in inner silence because, because there is, there is this uh, what I'm feeling. Let's say what I'm feeling called to. And I suppose I'm in good company to share what I'm called to. So, yeah. 
is, or well, one of the things at least, is to just knock on that frequency, knock on that door, like just point here. It's like, hang on a second, we can't, we can't avoid this predicament. We mm. can't avoid this dynamic. And, um, and it, it, I, it I, I want to see more, I want to participate more consciously in the, in the, in the weaving together of our coming to understanding about how we're gathering mm. together, about how we're participating in the broad patterns of ecology and not, yeah. to, not to bypass that aspect onto uh, it ultimately something which is probably, it, it would tend in some ways to be a little bit more regressive. Like in the, in the, in the case of being here, well, there's always a previous pattern to tune back into and there's a value in that in, in music and in in the in the cultural memes of our time and the energies for instance of present culture we jump onto the digital there's all these memes and archetypes playing out and so there's always a frequency to fall back on mm. right and and that's and that's good like I, it, i'm not saying that's that's necessarily an issue but but there's it, it feels to me that it, we cannot abdicate the responsibility of stepping into the paradox mm. of what spiritual experience um, uh, in like uh, imp implies like um, for religious orientation mm. uh, so for me the idea that we can be spiritual without being religious is to shut our eyes to the influence we actually have by virtue of our becoming on our unique pathway mm. because as soon as we as soon as we become now we meet the world in a slightly different way maybe in a more expansive way maybe we can better discern on the way what is more aligned with some value we mm. care about or not but that has I and mean, in that 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 interaction has an effect and that effect participates in the shaping of the context yeah. in which we all belong and that that is that that now shapes a third person dynamic right and that is something which is in is it's in the religious context and so we have to be aware of that in my opinion and what does esoteric for instance look like what does what do transformational festivals look like when a more conscious relationship to this paradox becomes more mature well, i think that I actually think that what draws people to these kind of festivals, especially when there's a lifestyle component to it, is that a field of intention has been placed. All right? It's like a vortex has been created through intentional creative energy that has this myriad of potentialities. And it sends out a frequency calling. <laughs> And, and those who hear it, either consciously or just through complete accident, I've ended up a plenty by accident, um, are, are the souls that were meant to be there, that were called to it, you know. Uh, so when there's a, an intentional philosophy around awakening behind the festival, then, and so it is, <laughs> you know, it is done. So... Everyone's being called to that doneness, to that point that's already happened in a field of intention, right? Or in the, sorry, that has already happened intentionally in a field of possibilities, people meeting it. So I feel like 
you know, the role of these festivals is I feel like a lot of really good work gets done. A lot of good spiritual work gets done. A lot totally. gets released. A lot gets surrendered. A lot, get, a lot gets learnt. Uh, a lot gets let go of. Um, a lot of new comes in. And, uh, and, and in many regards, people face things that they didn't think they needed to or were going to face either, you know, so that they can rise above it and transcend it. There's a lot of lessons in it, you know. Uh, gathering to music and dance and ceremony is nothing new, you know. And I feel like this is these festivals are literally just continuing that. Uh, especially in Western society, you know, we've been we've been really, really, really seriously disconnected from our indigenous roots. You know, um, yeah, there's a lot of, of evidently, you know, a lot of indigenous indigenous nations around the world have been dis, uh, intentionally disconnected from their law, their LORE, um, in recent times and uh, and and uh, and over history, and. Uh, but I think a lot of people actually forget that that Western, you know, countries and and people who are, I guess, seen as non-Indigenous, you know, we're all Indigenous to this planet. We've all got heritage here. We're all connected to Earth medicine, every single one of us. So I feel like these festivals, what they do is they call to that thing that's in our genes. It's in our memory. It's 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 it's, it's coded in our DNA to dance, to to connect, to let go, to surrender something, to sacrifice something, to to learn something, to gain something, to share, you know? This um so I think for a lot of, you know, uh yeah, for a lot of Western cultural people, it's like they don't know that that's what's going on, but that's what's going on. That yeah. part of them, that that genetic part of them that that was connected to forest medicine, you know, whether it's Siberian or pagan or, you know, Caucasian or whatever that 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 genealogical history is, that's activating in us, you know. And uh, so I feel like they they um in that regard they are a they're a a vehicle for awakening that yeah that, the ritual that yeah. sits in all of us that yeah. just wants to come out, <laughs> it wants to be expressed and explored. Yeah. So I know I think that's really well spoken, and there's of course this deep sense in which I I certainly resonate with the, the the field of intention that is that is called here um, enables that reconnection to ways we've been in relation with ecology and the life world for many thousands of years, and in mm. that sense reconnects us to the the almost like the the, the ancient potentiality space yeah. for religion as such yeah. but it is primarily for the purpose it seems of a spiritual process yeah. and 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 it, it it is perhaps a little bit too um it's a little bit too you know greedy's not the right word on my part but it's a little bit too i don't want to ask too much right for for one context to um to offer everything, uh, that certainly that certainly wouldn't make sense. Um, and so, uh, there's there's more than enough room to value this for what it is. Uh, and then there's this other aspect of me which engages with the with the systems of global culture, 
economics um, and I'm, I'm curious very much about how some of the more modern trends in how we relate to each other and exchange mm. yeah, and form um, have their roles to play in gatherings like this which may be more or less aligned sometimes not aligned but the best we got and we have to be where we're at and that is what it is but these are all sort of questions for an onward process and I, and I will allow you to respond please if, if you want to but I, yeah. I this I would love to um I know we don't have all the time in yeah. the world and yeah. there are some You're not that, that, forever. there's a there's a couple <laughs> totally there's a couple um, there's a couple directions I'd love to I'd love to inquire about uh, mm. because I, I, you know, once this conversation, this recording ends, I might not have the opportunity for some time. <laughs> so, so just to sort of flag that, yeah. there's this, there's this new thread or a thread mm. I'd like to return to. But if yep. you'd like to respond to what I've sort no, of touched I, on, no, I think, I think, I think you actually kind of touched on it in the introduction today when you were sort of, you know, said you were looking at this from an anthropological sense, you know. Right. Yeah, and I think I think you just spoke it. You know, that's it's it's uh, yeah. On on some regards, it's an excuse to get loose, and on some regards, it's just a really cracking good party. But um, but I think there's a there's there's levels and re levels of reasoning as well. Some of which is conscious, some of which is unconscious. And I think on an unconscious level, uh, or a higher conscious level, is probably a better way to put it. Um, people gather here for a purpose and that purpose is to is to raise consciousness whether they know it or not to rate to raise awareness yeah you know and by that i'm not saying necessarily raising awareness of a cause like literally to move into higher levels of awareness higher levels of you know courage and willingness and acceptance and reason but ultimately love and and gratitude and joy and unconditionality and peace and freedom yeah you know no i hear that i think for a long time when i heard the word or i heard the phrase raising consciousness i had mm. a bit of a had yeah. a bit of a kinked response to it and totally I, I when i hear you say that here's how i sort of relate to it um in a way that i feel it's like yeah bang like bang on you know is is the coming to awareness of the patterns which we are already mm. and also to be in relationship with those we could be mm. and in some sense this relationship between choice and fate and uh, and and how we meet that in an exchange process yes. together here uh, that in some sense to raise consciousness might be even just from a from a depth psychological perspective is to become aware of that which we were previously unconscious Correct. about that's right yeah yeah it's, yeah it's not necessarily it's not necessarily to be well i you know because i used to hear it and i think what do you what do people mean like raising consciousness you you going somewhere and leaving here you know does not doesn't here yeah, matter no, it's really i feel like it's about bringing bringing it here and that's interesting you should say that because i think a lot of a lot of spirituality has a lot of sort of uh, a lot of definitely a lot of new age ism, um, and in the context of ascension, has a lot of going somewhere programmed into. I mean, the ascension is not just a new age thing as well; it's a very Christian thing as well. It's like 
things are better somewhere else, you know? And uh, I reckon that's kind of like an inception, <laughs> you know? It's an inception for sure. It's, it's, it's a myth, you know? Like, it's like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I came here to experience it all here. <laughs> Or to give it a bloody good go, <laughs> you know. Well, totally, I hear you. You know, and so yeah, I think, I guess, in the context of our conversation, for anyone listening, you know, when I talk about that, when I talk about ascension, when I talk about enlightenment, when I talk about spiritual evolution, it's uh, it's an embracing of third dimensional reality. It's an embracing of physicality. It's an embracing of duality and linearity and bringing higher levels of consciousness into play in that because evidently as a soul and i know if i if i if that's not what i came here to do then i landed at the wrong place you know right <laughs> yeah which i'm pretty sure i'm in the right spot <laughs> yeah anyway that's just my two cents no i know no, yeah. th- thank you thank you yeah. so so this sort of this this to me brings a loop back in which is which, which, well, it brings me right here, yeah. Yeah, speaking with you, because, you know, and I appreciate you said something similar in the workshop, the importance of embracing the here and now in the sense of this, this physical experience and the, and the, and the dynamic of the yeah. forgetting and the remembering, right? And, and then uh, you are also expressing a relationship you have with other beings mm. from other dimensions mm. um, who are who are in some sense distinctly not here I can't see them mm. in the same way I'm seeing the unicity yeah, of yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. right I can perhaps see the the energy and enthusiasm in your expression yeah. and behind your eyes which yeah. is like I ain't just here by myself right yeah. and so in that sense we can be with the creative process mm. But I, I wonder how, how, how have you, like, cause you, I, I, you must have on your journey of coming to develop your sense of identity and purpose in the mm. world that relates to this stuff, have, have come into a kind of a critical difference with aspects of society and, and people who think that to even relate the language of channeling interdimensional beings, that mm. this is... Um, you know, potentially something that's helpful for an instrumental purpose, um, but you know, it's it's not tangible enough for me to actually relate to somehow. And so there's a sense of skepticism about, well, mm. why this and how do I relate to you now? Because mm. there's there's a reference to something which doesn't seem to be in mm. the context of the here and now from my mm. current prisms of perception. Yeah. Um, and so and that's, that's, a, that's a challenging thing to relate to because mm. of course, well, maybe we feel like we're not seen when we feel as though something profoundly real for mm. us is unable to meet in relation and to be treated with a certain kind of um, yeah. dignity. So yeah. what has that experience been like for you and how do you meet that in terms of expressing in a public context? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because I mean, from, I mean, I don't just channel uh, you know, when I say higher dimensional beings, it's not just you know, galactic beings or extraterrestrial beings. It's it's nature as well. Like you know, it's elementals. It's it's uh, 
higher dimensional spiritual beings. You know, there, there is a beingness in everything. You know, we could, any of us could sit and channel that tree's story. You could sit and have a conversation with that bird, you know. You can even, I've had conversations with clouds, like everything is an expression of consciousness, you know. The entire universe is an expression of consciousness. Show me what part of the universe is in the universe. So what part of it is in consciousness and what, therefore, what part of it isn't conscious and therefore what part of it doesn't have a consciousness that can be accessed. So right here and now, it's like, you know, who's to say that uh, there isn't a higher dimensional aspect of yourself or a higher dimensional being that's speaking through you right now and you're just not aware of it, all right? It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of musicians that I watch since I've really got into channeling and observed it further in myself and studied into it further. It's like, there's a whole heap of really good artists and performers out there that as far as I'm concerned are just channels. It's like something else comes through, right? And so all of these aspects, it's like they're just aspects of our higher self. What is your highest self? Well, your highest self is God, source, whatever you want to call it. And so for me, these days I, I refer to myself more as a channel for source, but my source, you know? And so within that, if there's specific elements of higher dimensional guidance that are in support of what it is that I'm doing, more to the point are actually aligned with what, I, what it is doing, what I'm doing, then they'll be speaking through me as they may actually be speaking through me right now, you know? And it's like, I could sit here and I could tune in and tell you which parts are and which parts aren't. But I feel like, you know, uh, I less talk about the light councils and the guides that I channel these days because I feel like it's less important to talk about them because for a while there, people were, um, a lot of people were following my stuff, were placing the importance on the intelligence and where it was coming from. And, and to me, that didn't feel like it, it was so important. What was important was that I was speaking from a higher place within myself. I was speaking from my truth. And, you know, the message that I have for people is, you know, it's like, is to speak from your truth, is to be all that you are. No more, no less, you know, and speak from that. And within that, you will channel what you need to channel. And where it comes from is not important, unless, of course, it's important. And then you'll know. Yeah, you'll know. This is nature speaking through me. This is, you know, the goddess of whatever. This is this particular angelic or that particular ascended master or whatever, you know? And I think feel like the other important thing to sort of mention is that, you know, in, in bringing conscious awareness to, to channeling within ourselves, it's important to have inner protocols, you know? So for me, I have a very strong protocol that's like, I only wish to channel that which is, and you might've heard me say it at the beginning of my presentation, you know, I'd say it quickly cause I'm like doing invocations, but I only choose to channel that which is in the highest service of the highest evolution pathway of myself and humanity in the physical and beyond, you know? It's like the, that's it. Nothing, nothing else, you know? And so I think sometimes we, in the process, like some channels make it a lot about what and who they are channeling and less about the context. And I feel like the context is important and this sort of comes full circle in our conversation about religion as well because 
the more maps and models that we overlay on something, the less, the more we dilute the context. If we create a context that is, I'm here to be all that I am, no more, no less, and I'm here to hold space for others to be all that they are, no more, no less, and within that to experience the greatest levels of joy and love and peace and freedom possible, and then we just hold that as a context, you're going to channel everything you need to channel, and it doesn't matter where it's coming from because it's going to be coming from somewhere good. I think that's well spoken and I think that you know many of the people listening or watching this who've been involved in the context of these conversations mm -hmm. of course previous ones on, on the channel but also many privately locally online will hopefully resonate with that call to the expression of truth in relation yeah? and um, to come as you are in relation with 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 what you could be and yeah. to have and to be in an orientation of well and and here here as soon as we start to say too much more it becomes about how we languaging what are the models to try and speak to the yeah, thing that's and right so love is a yeah. word yeah. like god like source in some sense which is i i i say in a way where it's like um, I say it as an offering to be to be to be worthy of yeah. its expression, and I am not speaking to it in an yeah. encapsulated way. Yeah. And so it is a matter of what I have trusted is in the resonance yeah. of what it is to meet and interact. Yeah. Now to do that in the context of something that's also seeking a, a rigorous relationship with with difference, particularly when it comes to yeah. to patterns. You know, this yeah. is it, it's it's certainly a challenging process, but I I, I appreciate the call. Oh, in, yeah. in some regards, it's 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 you know, words. You get to a point in this conversation like this where it's kind of like the labels, the identifications, the explanations, the maps, the models become superfluous because we're sort of we're dancing around something that can't be danced with in words. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, God, source. You know, <laughs> like ultimately, these things are ineffable. <laughs> to even think that the human brain can truly understand through knowledge what that is is to me is almost laughable that's it that is the cosmic joke totally certainly you know? certainly to contain certainly knowledge in the sense of a contained yeah. understanding yeah can but, we, can but we but share having, in the, it? having the maps the models the words the identification is important though because we need we do need to play with these things we do need our mental body needs to wrap itself around it our emotional body needs to wrap itself around it this is how we this is how we this is our sense making technology in the human body right yeah so it's like so we've got to have the words but i think it's always important to remember that <laughs> we don't have the words yeah they're not there and totally. that's awesome totally that's great that's just perfect you know totally yeah well i appreciate you saying that now, you know, we've been speaking for some time yeah. and so, you know, I'm looking to sort of move this to a close. Yeah, sure. I, I do want to ask something that's, you know, personal mm. and there's part of me that's, that's asking it going, you know, I, I'm uh, fully expecting as well that you might not wish to. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, I've, I've witnessed you, you uh, enter the, the channeling experience. Um, is there anything we could do together now? Is there some? Is there something you could mm. call in 
is it possible to yeah. share? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. You, you, <laughs> before we started, I was actually tuning into myself, connecting in and going, is there something there to share? Um, so, because I, I, what I did, I'm going to be really honest, what I did think was, I hope he's not going to ask me to channel. <laughs> or occasionally someone says, can you speak light language for me? You know, because it's like, well, I don't actually speak light language. I don't. I don't actually channel. What I do is I surrender and stuff happens, you know. Um, but we could, we could, I could surrender here and now and see what happens. Well, it's a curious one because I, I've been a person who would not ask this question yeah, yeah. for a long time. Sure. And but I, I ask it from a sense of dedication mm. to, and it's it's a it's a it's a bit it's a big deal. I have mm. been seeking people who are who are who are willing to step in and um, and risk. And it's not my I I, I you know it, we this doesn't even need to be shared. Yeah. No, it's fine. Like, uh, so if, as you're speaking, so so as I start to surrender into channel and channel starts to open, uh, stuff goes on for me physically. Uh, you'll notice that I always present with a headset on because I really like my hands to be free. That's why I wanted the the yeah. clip for the thing. That's all right. So would I you like maybe I could hold the microphone maybe there? Maybe Taryn comes over and the wonderful Taryn. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, and let's just see what comes through because what I'm feeling is that um, what I'm feeling and sensing is that there's a you know evidently there's uh, there's levels to purpose when people get together. So there's a purpose that we've gathered here for, which is intentional and around discussion and around some specific topics. But that there's always a higher or more indescribable, uh, more ineffable <laughs> kind of purposes. Uh, so what I'm feeling is that for you and crew and for people watching this or listening, um, yeah, there's, there's a transmission of sorts that uh, can, is ready to come through. So in this transmission, um, uh, it's very likely to be toning and light language, although there could be some spoken message that comes through. Um, lots of moving of my hands, which is uh, doing energetic work and um, and uh, working on a quantum level in the field of everyone here, but also in the field of the people watching this, whether live or not, it doesn't matter. It's all in the ever-present now. So, um, and just, yeah, and just letting people know that what's about to come through is uh, with, the, with the highest level of uh, intentional service uh, for the divine highest good of all who receive it. And so it is. Mm. Hey,
So it is. So what was just channeled uh, through what you would call light language and through toning, light language is the language of my heart, it is the language of my soul, uh, it is the language of my ascended self, it's the language that's beyond structure and form, it's, uh, it comes from a place that's just so deeply authentic and honest and because it doesn't have any formalized structure of language that it needs to fit in with, it can actually express what it wants to. And so with that, I'm, I'm conscious that that brings with it its own medicine, its own transmission. Some people receive something, some people don't, and everybody receives something different within it. But that was, uh, that was something that I was called to share with you guys and, um, and your viewers. So thank you. Receive with the love intended. All right, well, thank you, Heath. You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much for having us here. Wonderful. Good chat. Good chat. Cool. <laughs> so do you find in your process that, um, do you find that at the integration of what you've experienced in that channeling, comes through in language later so are you do you make sense yeah. of it later we, we can if you yeah. want i mean yeah. yeah do i do i make sense of it later sometimes i make sense of it as it's coming through um particularly when i'm in nature actually since you're asking in nature it's like it's like there's another voice there translating it for me but i think what it's trying to do is to give me a conscious understanding of the of the whatever the magic is that's going on between me and nature so that I can actually start to understand it at a mental level. Um, yeah, so yes and no, you know, yes and no. But I really do make a conscious choice of not trying to explain it and not trying to understand it because then that what it, then what it does is it leaves it in the space of non-dilution, right? So it maintains its essence. So there's the... You know, it's like, you know, when we, you set up, you, ha you get a whole bunch of, you set up a whole bunch of goals and intentions. You've got your big toilet roll list of like, uh, all the things I want to achieve and have in life, right? But behind that, there's an essence that's instantaneous, that's beyond words, you know? And sometimes it's good to leave it there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah totally. Because it maintains its power. And, uh, but yes, a, a transmission is like a download. So... That was a download for me, definitely. And then that download was for, for others as well. And so it carries with it a download that will, over time, days, a lifetime, whatever, will start to express itself in whatever form is necessary for that particular person. Right. And if there was nothing in it for the, a person listening, if it was not intended for them in any way, then nothing, it's like nothing's happened. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, I remember I have seen you... Um channel like a distinctive voice or call on a being to mm. help you know provide a particular message yeah. and is that a different experience to, to oh, do that no, one no in? it's no different because the because when uh so i think you've seen me channel the lyran three which is a set of uh lion race 
uh, beings that I work with. Um, and in those instances, they're coming through me anyway. So it's all, it's all coming through my ascended self, which is a being called Naria. Right. So it's like it's stepped down. And I, yeah. I have it set up in that way that it's it's it's, it's it all comes it comes through my soul it comes through my ascended self that's like the filter that it comes through yeah. that's to maintain integrity to my own mission yeah and to and to stay grounded in my own experience um, and also to let it be an expression of my own medicine rather than something or someone else's. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Well, let's let's bring it to a close there. I just Beautiful. want to thank you one more Wonderful. time, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Thank all you, Tim. Right. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Voicecraft conversations expand how the world is known. It's about connecting souls and building culture. If you'd like to learn more about the Voicecraft project, you can do so at voicecraft.io. We run online events for a global network and local events in Melbourne, Australia. Check out course offerings at the Voicecraft Academy and become a member of the Voicecraft online community at voicecraft.network. And thanks to patrons for your ongoing support. Patrons receive exclusive content and discounts to events. Find out more at patreon.com voicecraft.